All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Happy Hump Day! Welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Orders Nation YouTube and Facebook, and uh, we are ready to roll. It's a game day. Oilers taking on the St. Louis Blues. God, they got to be dead tired. Dead tired, man. That's a tough, tough bus. Little bus. Yikes. Tough one. If you know, you know. If you don't, text in. We'll tell you the inside joke. But, uh, Oilers taking on the Blues tonight. Uh, a light schedule in the uh, NHL. Only uh, two games. If you're, uh, if it tickles your fancy, at PlayAlberta.ca, our uh, title sponsor. But you know what? Maybe you're just like you know, I'm taking a night off. It's all good, right? But Lotto six forty nine tonight. Fifty four million dollars up for grabs, including the uh, guaranteed uh, 1 million of the gold pot, as well as the uh, classic jackpot of 5 mil. Lots of opportunities at playalberta.ca and uh, we we had mentioned that earlier about into hey guys, uh, my parents have played the same numbers for over 40 years. They've yet to win, but the good news is I inherit their numbers in the will. <laughs> Basically saying the cuz they 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 say statistically at some point your combinations of numbers will come up. Now you don't know when. Could be uh could be a long time, but uh either way, I don't uh you know, you never know. That would that would be quite the uh the legacy to leave your children. Is like, "Oh, here by the way, here's our lotto numbers. We haven't won in 50 years." Boom, year later you win. Whew. Could be quite nice. It's a good uh gift from the grave, as I like to say. Uh, Oilers optional skate today. They will take on the Blues tonight. Uh, Binnington will start for St. Louis as uh, Hoffer was starting last night in Winnipeg. Uh, I don't expect any lineup changes for the Edmonton Oilers, I guess, unless there's a illness or something like that. Uh, no reason to. Why would you? 
they look like they got their game back to the level that you'd expect from the Edmonton Oilers. They've been a good team for a long time. And like even if you you look at different segments, so the Oilers for the first 33 games under Chris Knobloch and Mark Stewart, I should don't want to discount him because, of course, uh, he's overseeing the penalty kill. It was 89.5%. 33 games, 89.5%. They allowed 11 goals on 105 kills. Then I don't know what the hell happened. They allowed 11 goals in seven games on only 22 kills. So 11 out of 105, and then suddenly 11 out of 22. But since those that seven-game hiccup, the orders, guess what their penalty kill is in their last three games? 90%. Basically what it was prior. So the seven games, lack of confidence, who knows? It just, they weren't feeling it. It wasn't good. And they weren't even taking a lot of penalties either because they had eight in one game against St. Louis. And the other six, they only had 14. You, you only take 14 penalties? You shouldn't be giving up that many power play goals. That's just a fact. But uh, they did, right? Because in the six of those games, there were actually nine goals on 14 kills. Oof. That was ugly. Ugly little stretch. But uh, the last three games, Yoder's penalty kill has looked much better, much more aggressive again, more assertive. Head coach talked about uh, sticks in the in the low lane rather than the high lane. So you're not getting like, anything. You know what? The law, the uh, averages all tell you that uh, the farther the puck away is from the goal, the harder it is to score. It's not impossible, of course. We saw Evan Bouchard score a game winner from the blue line last game. Just saying that the uh, the odds get a lot lower the farther you're shooting the puck away. So uh, at least if you're taking away the uh, the low line, uh, you're slightly increasing your chance of not getting scored on. So Stuart Skinner. Needed a bounce back game. He had one. Stopped 38 of 40 shots against the Kings. He'll want to build on that, uh, as will the orders. Because t- after tonight, they got to, you know, March is right around the corner. They don't play tomorrow on uh, leap year or leap day, I should say, it uh, on Thursday. A happy advance notice for all those who are born on uh, February 29th. Right? I know all the jokes. If you're 20, you're turning five. Ha Although I wonder, like, if you're a leap uh, what is it? That's not even a leap year. But if you're born on February 29th, like, do you hate that joke? Or do you like it? Like, I'm guessing you've probably heard it too many times. I don't know. I actually don't. I don't think I know anyone who's born on February 29th. Some of our listeners have to be. So uh, let me know at 833-401-1440. Do you, uh, like, is there a good joke? One that makes you laugh? Or you're like, just don't mention it. Right? And then my question is, if you're born on the 29th, cons, do you celebrate on the 28th or do you wait until the 1st? Because like, if you celebrate on the 28th, it's like you were never born on that day. At least if it's after your birthday, it comes after. So I'm curious. Uh, how would that be? Like, What would you do? If you were a 29th birthday, when would you celebrate? I would go day after. I think I would go day after. So you'd go March 1st. March 1st, yeah. Right. Yeah, we actually we did have a listener earlier today on Fantasy Frenzy who texted in, and Brandon Douglas, one of his good buddies, also born on the 29th. So we know a couple. We can probably get that answer for, for you. Hey, boys, I'm a late beer baby. Hate the jokes. Not one good one out there. I celebrate on the 28th normally as my best buddies on March 1st from uh, Maddie C. All right. Now, here's my question, Maddie. Wouldn't you and your best buddy as you got older just celebrate together? Maybe not. Maybe you don't want to have it. I, although I guess maybe you're like, no, no, no. We want to have it on separate days. So now we have two days of partying. I can see it. I can totally see that. So makes sense.
Gregor, can you mention? Can you explain the travel schedule? You mentioned yesterday they have to get bust. Where are they coming from? What is the where is the plane landing from Clay? Well, Clay, the, the inside joke for a long time running is that there's no Winni- there's no airport in Winnipeg, and it's it's basically just become a running gag now more than ever from uh, from Oilers Nation. But I don't know, geez, God, it's been over a decade, so it's always kind of a joke that it's difficult. You know, you got to take the bus to Winnipeg. So of course there's an airport in Winnipeg for some of you who take everything very seriously. We're not saying there's no airport. It's just a joke. And if you were part of it from the start, you'd kind of get it. If not, you're like, I don't get it. And that's okay. You don't have to get it. But um, the first time it was brought up, it was quite funny. I, I, I wish I could credit who brought it up. I know it wasn't me. But uh, it was pretty funny for uh, for quite a while. So, Hey, guys, I'm March 1st. Three of my friends are Leap Babies. They do it on the first from Stu Barnes. What? You have three friends who were born on the 29th of February? What are the chances of that? Wow. I'm trying to think if I have friends who are like good friends who are even born on the same day. I think I know if you actually, I, I, I've, they weren't friends at the same time in my life, but I've known three different people that are born on Valentine's Day. That's, that's the one I remember, Collins, but. Like none of my buddies have the same birthday. So, wow, imagine having three friends and they're all leap years. That's should go and buy a lottery ticket for that one. I've got a couple. September 10th. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Valentine's Day would be tough. Like, my birthday's the 12th of February. And, you know, growing up, trying to have parties, trying to go out, a lot of people would be busy those Saturday nights. So, I feel for your buddies with the Feb 14 birthday. Well, it all depends, though. Right? Like, I, I do find that there, there's been. There's a lot less emphasis and pressure as I talk to more people about Valentine's. A lot of people have realized, you know what, I don't have to cave in to this made-up, make-believe pressure that is known as Valentine's Day, which is, uh, which is very, very fair. Hey, guys, I don't have three friends, let alone three leap uh, friends from John. <laughs> hey, John, you know what they say, sometimes you only need two good friends. So that's good if it's you. I like it. Hey, guys, here's the funny thing. There's no airport in Edmonton. It's in Leduc. Chuck from Beaumont. It's a good question. Well, is it in Leduc, though, Chuck? I've been to the airport. It's kind of like in, it's in no man's land, really. I think it's in Leduc County, though, but not Leduc, right? Because there's Leduc County. There's lots of places like New Sarepta is in Leduc County. It's not Leduc. Rolly View is in Leduc County, not Leduc. I don't know if you can say the airport is technically in Leduc. It's close. But it's kind of like on its own little place. Now there's the uh, the mall out there. That's another place I've never been. Good mall. You've actually stopped in there? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Not as crowded as other malls in town. Oh, yeah, well. Not as good the one we're here right now. Yeah, here not as E-Well good as West. I can exactly. tell you that for sure. Did but. you ever fly into the city center airport? Uh, yes, a few times. Not yeah. many. I took uh, One time we took a, what, one of those little Cessna planes. To uh, to Calgary, uh, we did a contest on the show, and um, I got to fly the plane. That was like one of the oh. highlights of my life. Super fun. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Was it easy? Well, yeah, like you're out Once there, you're up. like you're, you're like yeah. I didn't take it off. Like, I want to make that abundantly clear. So I shouldn't like I got to fly a plane was in the air. So like, and I got to turn to do a few things, but obviously I didn't have my f- pilot's license, so it's not like they're letting me take off and land. So that would obviously be the harder parts of it, right? But. 
It was still pretty fun, like just getting to turn it and maneuver it through. That was uh, that was cool. It's a small plane. Okay, one last question. There was a survey that 20% of men believe they were very confident that they could land a plane if needed with <laughs> with guidance from traffic control. Hmm. Do you think you could? Ooh, that's a good question. Could I land? Now, what type of plane are we talking? Like, is it a small one? Passenger plane. Because I think I, for some reason, I think landing the smaller one might be harder. Pilot out there can let me know if I'm, if, I don't know, if I just think bigger, there's going to be more problems. Right? I, or sorry, bigger, there's uh, there's more balance. Like, I'd be like, hey, you know what? Even if I tilt it over a bit, like, the wing's way out there farther. So, you know, it would go down quicker. I'm thinking if I got a small plane, man, I got less less room for air. I could be totally wrong on that. That's just what my gut is. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I've never, I never really thought about it. Um, could I land a, well, if it's an emergency and it's do or death, I would like to think I would try. Well, obviously I would try, but, um, yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. I probably wouldn't. You might be in the somewhat confident yeah, group, 26% yeah. of men. I, I think I, you know, if, if I had to be forced to try it, I, I'd like to think so. But honestly, like, I would need someone there. Like, you can't just jump in and be like, okay, how, when am I pulling up? Like, I think, you know what? I, I don't think you could do that. So there, there'd have to be, for some reason, you know what? Something would have happened to the pilot and the co-pilot for what I don't know what happened to them like who knows but they're able to talk you through it okay do this because I'm I can actually take instruction very well so if there's someone there instructing me I think I have a chance but who knows hey guys I think the bigger planes are more automated yeah well there you go so but did they land themselves come on we got to have a pilot out there we have pilot Paul texting the show Paul you listening you're flying somewhere so Hey, guys, I'm an uh, ex-commercial pilot. No chance an inexperienced person could land any plane. Lots of proof it can't be done from Buck. Now, Buck, what if you're in the passenger seat telling me what to do? What about those chances? Hey, Greg's is landing a plane like backing up trailers? The real small ones are tough. <laughs> hey, there you go. Now, think about that's another one because I have seen it firsthand. There's a lot of people that cannot back up. Um. You know, like you, you, let's say you just have your trailer, right? You got your, uh, to the back and you got a hitch on it. I've seen, and I'm sure some of you have seen it. It is, it can be a gong show for some people. They don't understand the concept that you got to turn the opposite way to make it go where you want. So, and if those people can't do that, I have no faith that they can land the plane. Just want to say that. So. Gregor, I could coach the landing. Ah, there you go, Buck. So, see, I, you know what, Buck? If if I'm in the plane with you, I'd feel much more confident. I agree with you. If you just jump behind, a pl- like the, you know, you're sitting all of a sudden in the cockpit and you have to land it and there's no one else around. Yeah. Like, where would you even start? Like, honestly, I don't even know what the first thing you do. There's a bunch of flips that you got to, switches that you got to hit. That doesn't mean I know what I'm doing. Like, honestly, if you've never been in a cockpit, if 20% of guys or people think they can do it, then like 99 of those 20% are delusional. That's just the truth. Okay. It's like the people are like, like Paul Plackis, who used to train and he was like, oh, I could take a, I could take a set off Serena Williams. I'm like, are you on crack? There is, you could not return her serve. No chance. Like none. 
You know, and now he's like a, in the 50 plus range pickleball and he thinks he's a really good athlete. I'm like, it's pickleball. No offense. Pickleball players. It's very fun. It's great. But come on now. Serena Williams would wax the floor with the Joe Schmo average guy. Right? Like she's the most dominant tennis player ever. You think you're going to, and, and first of all, she's accurate. I've seen a serve. It's like a maybe 70 kilometer muffin. Right? She would be pressing up on the line and just jamming it down your throat. God, like I wanted to pay to see it happen. So it is funny what people think they're capable of and what they can't be. Because the problem is you can't really even do that contest to see if people could land the plane because they'd just be crashing all over the place. Do you want to sign a waiver that you could die? Okay, let's see if you can do it now. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's basically what you're saying. Here, okay, I'm the pilot. I will take off the plane. I'm going to parachute out of here before you land it because I don't want to die. That's what's going to happen. So, hey, guys, it's hilarious going to the dump and watching the rookies try to get their uh, trailers backed up into the slot. I've had to get out and help from husks. Oh, yeah. Happens all the time, baby. The old, oh, shout out to the uh, the new Sarepted dump. Been there for uh, many years, and I've witnessed it, man. You get some people coming in there, right? They got the the uh, the, the low trailer, and it's behind their truck, and uh, they're trying to back it in. Yeah, it's uh, it's not happening. So that cons. I don't know how we got on the uh, plane reference, but yeah, it's a good one. You flew a plane. Oh, yeah. From uh, these. But airport. I want to make that clear. I got to fly it in the air where there's like, think about it. I'm up in the air. And unless I decide that I'm going to be some prankster, like I was turning the plane, you know, there's no one around me. It's not like it's a lane. I got a lot of room up there. Right. And I, I'm well within my reasoning of understanding what I'm capable of. I wasn't obvious to say, hey, let's see if I can do a loop-de-loop up here. Right. Hey, Bob, can I try to land this thing? Have you ever landed a plane? No, Bob, this is the first time ever actually driving a plane. Think I can land it? No. Not happening. Not happening. Quick break. Uh, coming up on the show today, man, we got a great show for you. Uh, of course, it's uh, Who Is It Wednesday? And I know Who Is It Wednesday? We well, like to get, uh, you know, different viewpoints, man. Playing pro hockey is, uh, is hey, everybody sees the NHL, and, and that's the goal. And, and there's lots of people that have, you know, they, they had the cup of coffee, you know, a few games in the show, but it's hard to stay in the show. To make it to the show is hard enough. It's kind of harder to stay there. But uh, so we'll, we'll talk to a gentleman who played 14 years professional hockey in... Six different leagues. Also, how about this con man? One of the uh, very few humans on the planet who had over 400 penalty minutes in a season. Hard to do. Very hard to do. So six different leagues, including the NHL, did play in the show. For uh, three different teams in the NHL. A career that spanned over 14 years. Some of our hits today for uh, Who Is It Wednesday. Uh, also on the uh, show today, we will uh, hear from uh, Dave McCarthy next. Yaremchuk uh, will be by. Uh, Cam Jansen will get the uh, St. Louis Blues. Are they really going to? Are they contemplating Buchnevich? Would they trade him? Oof. That would be an enticing piece, man. No question. It would cost you a lot. But it's a very enticing piece. Does it make sense, though, for St. Louis to trade him? You'd think they'd want to trade a defenseman first. 
talk to him. We've got Speck. Uh, we'll hear from uh, head coach uh, Leon Dreisaitl, Darnell Nurse, and more on a busy Wednesday edition of The Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca coming to live in the Ewell studio. 225, welcome back. Game day on Sports 1440. Jason Gregor, Connor Howling with you. Of course, uh, we're going to go around the NHL now, brought to you by Mick Donald's. And hey, we've talked about it. The, uh, the McRib, you're near the end, baby. You got a few more days left before the McRib is gone. You can mix in a shamrock shake. And also, while you're there, you can get $20 in GCs to use at uh, McDonald's for only five bucks. And that $5 goes directly to Ronald McDonald House. So think about it. You're getting cheeseburgers and fries and cones and coffee. $20 worth for only 5 bucks, and the $5 goes directly to Ronald McDonald House, which is an amazing facility in our city. So stop in right now, pick one up at the local McDonald's. As uh, Dave McCarthy from uh, Sirius XM uh, usually joins us on uh, Tuesday, but uh, due to uh, some uh, work, he uh, joins us today, which is great. Davey, welcome back. How you doing? Good, Jason. What's up, man? Oof. I'm all right. Hey, were you a big uh, Huey Lewis in the news guy? No. I couldn't really tell you much at all about that, to be honest with you. Right. A bit before my time. Okay, that that's fair. Yeah. Who like if we came over to uh, Chateau McCarthy, what would be like your top three musical bands artists that you would be listening to? Oh, you can't go wrong with a tragically hip. I love the hip. Got them on all the time. Um, some people might be a little surprised to know I do have a bit of a gangster rap uh, type type flair. So okay, can never go can never go wrong with some Eminem. All right. Um, you like the Beasties? Mm, no, nah, not really not my jam. Okay, not really my jam. Um, and then you know what? Uh, I do like my old timey music. So if you can get some standards on from anybody, including Fred Astaire, Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra. Uh, Bobby Darren, uh, another Ooh. great artist back in the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, those type of. Those now, what about uh, now? You say gangster rap. Do you like NWA? Um, yeah, I, I know the odd uh, song, dude, but easy, I wouldn't. Easy, wouldn't easy voice is one of the greatest. Go back and listen to some of their old tunes, buddy. His voice is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like any of those those guys that grew up in uh, California back in the eighties, I mean, those are some legitimate, legitimate uh, musicians. I'll put it that way. No, that's fair. Um, the Detroit Red Wings. They look legit, Dave. Like uh, they're on yeah. a roll right now, but uh, they they've created quite a bit of separation. Uh, you know, the Patrick Kane signing, it took him a while, but uh, he is now living up to uh, to Patrick Kane. The guy knows how to score at key times for your team. And the Red Wings are rolling, man. Like, here on February 28th, uh, I'm prepared to, to stamp them as a playoff team. I tweeted that last night. It took me until game 59 to really, truly buy into what the Red Wings are selling. But I think I'm there now. And in fact, just for the record, I tweeted that when they were up 2 nothing on Washington. Uh, and then they went on to crush the Capitals. And they put up an eighth spot, right? So um, here's here's what I see out of Detroit, though. Everyone's saying right away, oh, does this mean Steve Eiserman's going to get real active at the deadline here? I think that's foolish. I think this is a year for Detroit to see what they have, uh, get some assessments on young players while they're in the postseason under postseason competition, postseason duress, you know, all those type of things that you can't really measure until you see a guy in that situation um, and then you see how he performs. I don't think this is the year to really push your chips into the middle of the table. If you're Steve Eisman, why? 
Because let's be honest, they're, I think they're going to make the playoffs. They're not a cup contending team. So to to blow uh, futures out the door, when I still think you're to an extent in the process of building, to me, doesn't make a lot of sense. They've earned some help. If there's a reasonable price to be paid on a on a depth forward or a depth D-man or somebody that can come in and maybe fill a hole but isn't going to cost you very much, uh, to use a, you know, use a Toronto example, like when they brought Bo- uh, Brian Boyle in back in the day. I think that was in 2017 when they made the playoffs that first year under uh, with, with Babcock as a coach, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, all those guys. They brought in Brian Boyle, and that was, that was basically it. And and that was the right move. I think Detroit's in a similar position. To me, you're not blowing futures out the door. I think they've already won this year by being competitive, restoring some buzz to their city and their franchise, and, and quite likely, I think we both agree, uh, make the playoffs and then sort of see where the chips lie from that point. Yeah, I I would agree that they don't have to go all in, but I could see them adding a piece, just, you know, something small, a little bit. It adds a little juice in your room that, I, hey, management believes in us. It, you know, yeah. as long as it's not Jared Smithson, uh, order fans know what I'm talking about uh, on that one. That's uh, that that's not an addition, okay? Like uh, somebody who's actually going to help your team, uh, to me, even if it's a, you know, a fourth line guy, but if he's going to help your team, uh, you know, that's fantastic. I, I think there's like, they'd probably like to get rid of some, uh, some contracts there for sure. The Justin Hole contract has not worked out very well for the, uh, for the Red Wings, but you didn't go around. I, I have to tell you. I yeah. am not shocked. Yeah. Uh-huh. I am not shocked. Yeah. No, it's, uh, okay. Good for him. But, uh, you yeah. know, there's lots of teams around the league that have a guy that are just like, ooh, wish we didn't have that contract on the books, uh, right now. Um, the, uh, the New Jersey Devils are eight back of the uh, Red Wings, but really the race right now, Dave, is, uh, now Tampa Bay's not completely out of it because they've played more games than everybody else other than Vancouver and the NHL. So New Jersey is five back of them with two games in hand and Washington is three games in hand. And Pittsburgh with a huge win last night, uh, uh, to, to kind of keep themselves at least believing they have a chance. But, and then the Flyers, like I really think the race is for third place, most likely yeah. in the Atlantic. Flyers, Devils, Penguins, Capitals, I guess technically even the uh, the Islanders, but uh, they're they're hanging by a thread in my opinion. I I say that, like if I want to stamp Detroit in, I'm stamping the Islanders out uh, in my books. But who do you like for number three in what's becoming a little bit of a turtle race? A little bit, a little bit. How about Sidney Crosby last couple games? So six points in his last two games. He had four the other night against Philly. Another two assists last night against a real quality team in Vancouver. I mean, he is doing everything and more that he possibly can. One, to keep this team afloat in Pittsburgh. And two, to try to drag them into the playoffs. And they do have games in hand working in their favor right now. So I give them credit. Um, They're continuing to find ways to keep themselves afloat, but you know, you still have to say, what is Kyle Dubas going to do a week from now? Is he going to get caught up, or is he going to make proper moves and move on some guys that are going to be walking out the door? Now, bear in mind they haven't had Jake Ansel in the lineup um, in this last little run that's been fairly successful. But I think to retain Jake Ansel would be foolish. We've talked about it before. I haven't changed my stance on that. Yeah. Um, you know. The Devils, okay, they've taken care of business against Montreal and, and San Jose their last few games. They let one get away against Terry. They didn't let one get away, but they were never really in that game against Tampa, which was a tough one when you're trying to catch that team. They got the Ducks coming up. Yeah, that's a mandatory W. I don't know, man. I still, 
I still have some level of at least belief in the Devils, especially mm. if Tom Fitzgerald can go out and get a goalie prior to the deadline because I don't think he's going to be in the market for a rental goalie. I think he's going to look for a guy like a – I know they've been hot on UC Saros out of Nashville, and, and that would make sense to an extent because Nashville has got a guy in Yaroslav Askarov who they're really high on. However, Nashville has gone on a hell of a run of late. I think they've won six straight, and they're in the playoffs oh, right yes. now. Oh, yes. Yeah, they're not making a move. They're, they're probably not making that move now because Askarov is not ready. So that wouldn't make sense if you're Nashville, right? You punish us for playing poorly out of the break by not letting us go to the sphere. Then we turn around and go on a tremendous run. We get ourselves into a playoff spot, and then you heave our goalie over. Yeah, that's like that, not that happening. Just, yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't make sense. you know. But a guy that I also look at for New Jersey in, in Jacob Markstrom, that to me also would make a great deal of sense. Because he, he has term. Um, again, Calgary's kind of complicating things right now because they're winning games, but I really, truly don't think they're in it in the West to make the playoffs, even despite the fact that they've won a handful of games. That, that would make a lot of sense. You don't want to get a rental if you're New Jersey. You want to get a guy under term because then you're right back in this position again in the offseason. So if, if he could ever find a way to pull off a trade where he gets in a goalie, um, it makes sense to do it now. If, if you can get that guy in um, and you can go on a bit of a run and you have the guy moving forward in the next season, like I, I still have some belief in the Devils. Um, but I'm thinking it's, it's probably going to come down to either Pittsburgh or New Jersey at this point. I don't think Washington's going to have enough to get it done. And and I kind of see Philly starting to, to slip a little bit. And then we'll see what they do in advance of the deadline as well. Because there's a, a handful of guys, including Shaw Walker and Nick Sealer, um, in Philadelphia that would have a lot of interest on the trade uh, market from other teams. Yeah, I wonder how much. I'm, I'm a little curious about where how teams have you. Know, I've talked to so many scouts on Walker, and they're like they like him, but they think he's a third pair guy, and, and which is nothing. And there's nothing wrong with a third pairing guy, but you you know what? If you think the guy's a third pair player for your team, you're not going to give up as much as maybe the Flyers are hoping to get. Is is more how I would view it uh, for me if I was a team acquiring him. Uh, Dave McCarthy from uh, SiriusXM joins us. And, uh, you know, Dave, we're, we're nine days away, man, and we're just kind of waiting patiently. It looks like we might go uh, all of February other than Monaghan uh, with a trade. And then we get to uh, thir- Friday, uh, the March 1st, and then we're a week out of the uh, of the trade deadline. There's definitely going to be some moves. Lots of people are watching Calgary. No question to see, uh, you know, how many guys they're going to move out. Uh, we know they're going to move out some. It's just a matter of how many is going yeah. to be the question. There are a few teams, though, that, that I'm interested in um, in the East. Uh, I look at the Boston Bruins, right? It's funny. Them in Toronto right now, you know what? Uh, now they're battling Florida for first, but, uh, you know, Toronto not locked in 100% because uh, Detroit is rolling. But, you know, Toronto for a long time has been kind of comfortably in third spot in that division, uh, you know, might face Boston. But they both need defensemen. And the Bruins now with the, with the, uh, the injury to, uh, Lindholm, uh, need another one for sure. You know, they, they might be in a bidding war a little bit. What do you make of Boston? And then what do you make of Carolina and what you think they need to do? Not what they are going to do, but what they should do. Well, I'll, what do I think of Boston? Let's start there. Um, I, I think they're a playoff team for sure. I don't see them as a cup contender, though. You know, I, I see them as a team that has a chance maybe to win a round, but, like, I'm sorry, up the middle of the ice, I just don't think they're strong enough, and I think that'll that'll reveal itself the later they get into the playoffs. And their D has been inconsistent. 
um, which is somewhat surprising because it should be a strength of, the, of their team, the way they're built. Uh, but I was talking to some local media folks in, in Boston a couple of weeks ago, and, he, and, and they all told me that they wouldn't be surprised if Boston went out and, and added yet another defenseman. Okay. Um, so, you know, that's kind of what I'm looking for out of Boston. But I, I just don't see them as a cup contender, especially when you got to get through Florida in the east. And that's not even mentioning the teams in the west like uh, Colorado, like Dallas, like Winnipeg, like Vancouver, um, Edmonton, which I all think would, would have an advantage uh, over Boston in the Stanley Cup Finals. But I don't think Boston can get there. So that's what I see on Boston. Um, Carolina, well, I'll tell you, I, I spoke to Don Waddell on the brunch last week, and he, I love talking to Don because he usually just lays it right out there in plain English. Like 18 months or so ago, I had him on in August, and I said, Don, you got a lot of cap space. You got anything in the works here before training camp gets underway? He's like, well, we got something cooking right now. And the next day was the Asbury Kotkaniemi affair. Um, and then this time around, he told me that they've got four goalies that are going to be healthy. He said, we're, we're going to move a goalie. Like you got Martin, you got Anthony Ranta, you've got uh, you got Freddie Anderson, you got Piotr Kochkin. They're going to move a goalie. He said he doesn't think that calf space is going to be an issue um, for them in advance of the deadline to to make the moves they're looking to make. And he said they're looking for a sort of a top six forward. And he said ideally a top six right-handed shooting center. Although he said there's not too many of those guys out there. Uh, but they're looking for a forward in Carolina that can come in and add a little bit more offensive punch to their group. Um, and I think that's the right call. I I've been saying that for quite some time now, that they're, they're lacking that one extra guy to help out the Ajos and the Teravinas and the Svechnikovs and just add another dimension of punch down their lineup. So I think that's that's what they're looking for. And the way Don was speaking, um, he said that he likes his team, but does he think they can improve? Absolutely. And the fact that he talked about calf space not being an issue and that they've got a goalie oh, yeah. move, to me, suggests uh, it's, it, it's not um, if, but when Carolina makes a move of that nature. The uh, New York Rangers have a lot of guys having very good years for them. Uh, Shesterkin started to, to find his game a little bit here, which I think most of us expected uh, would happen. He's too good of a goalie to just kind of lose the whole season long. Uh, I'm interested, you know, I think they're going to want to get a depth defense, but it's, it's kind of cliche. But here's the thing, Dave. I've been looking like there's not a lot of like depth defensemen. Right, like Joel Edmondson no. is a guy who's won a cup. He's uh, he's down to one point seven five million. So if you cut, if if Washington retains, what I think they would, well, now you're down to you know eight seventy five. Right, um, he, he wouldn't be that expensive. But with Minnesota, you know, like maybe Zach Bogosian, but there's not a lot. Right, like I've just no. those those veteran depth guys who don't have big cap hits. Right, like it's so I wonder if if we might see one of those or two of those defensemen. All of a sudden, people are like what they gave up a higher pick than I was expecting just because there's not many of them available. Yeah, you you could be absolutely right. I mean, if throwing a guy like Luke Shen last year was on the move, that type of guy that. Like, as you said, you, if you're going to make a move for a depth guy, like, okay, I'm not talking about a seventh or eighth guy. Like, I'm talking about a, a four, five, six guy, somebody like that to come in that can actually play 12 to 15 minutes, kill some penalties. Out. There's not a lot of those guys available this year. So, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly a seller's market this year. Um, and then you have to make the determination if you're a general manager looking to acquire, uh, looking to acquire somebody. 
like how much are we willing to give up for a guy like Joel Edmondson or or Zach Bogosian, or are we better off just to stick with what we have? Like, does does the cost kind of outweigh what the reward could be? Um, you know, and, and oftentimes I think that would likely be the case. Certainly for the guys that you mentioned, I like if you're giving up first, a second, like come on, I. I don't know if that's the right course of action, uh, especially if you're a team that's, you know, not without question uh, an absolute cup contender. So like, I'm, I'm starting to wonder how much activity there's going to be there. There will be some deals, but, you know, a lot of trade deadlines are, are deals like, you know, the Luke Shen type guys that, that move. And there's generally a lot of those guys available. And, and this year, I don't know if that's the case. Like Nick Sealer, do you consider him to be that kind of a guy? Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's a guy that could move. But, you know, Philadelphia's still got a, a question to ask themselves, which is, do we think we can make the playoffs? And, you know, maybe for for where they're at as a franchise, you know, and as you pointed out, Sean Walker as well, maybe where they're at as a franchise, they determine that for what we could get back for them, um, does it matter more? to try to get back into the playoffs and restore a little bit of, of dignity to a, a franchise that's kind of, they kind of lost their way, right? For the last three or four years in Philadelphia before Keith Jones and Danny Breer and Torts came in and they've really done a lot of work to try to reestablish what it means to be a flyer, to be a flyers fan and all of that. Maybe they look and say, well, it would matter more to us to make the playoffs and try and take a kick at at least winning around and see what happens. Davey, it's going to be interesting. Do you see, uh, for fun, who gets Jake Gensel? Which team? Where's he land? Yeah, um, well, he certainly would look pretty damn good in Carolina, I'll tell you that much. Um... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If I was Carolina, I'd be really, really attracted to that guy. 
because he's a guy that can okay. play with with you know he, he could play on the on the top line with a guy like Aho. Aho's a great distributor of the puck, and Gensel's a, a great sort of you know shooter. Like he, he's played real well with Sidney Crosby for a lot of years. Uh, just getting to a spot, getting himself open, and shooting, and that would uh, allow them to bump some other guys down the lineup. It would lengthen their lineup. He would look to me really good in in Carolina. Can they make the money work? Yeah, we'll we'll see. But I I would if if he's available and they could find a way to make that work, I think he would really help Carolina. Davey, great stuff, my man. Uh, enjoy the hip, and uh, we will chat with you next week. Okay, buddy. See you. There you go. That's uh, Dave McCarthy from uh, SiriusXM. Uh, when we return, Tyler Uremchuk uh, will join us. Oilers and the Blues. My predict: I think the Oilers are going to wax them tonight. Uh, they're a better team. The Blues defensively, man, I've been looking at their numbers. Oof. Not good. Uh, and, and the Orders, they figured things out. The Orders are a good team. That They had their little lull. I think they uh, come out with a vengeance tonight. Uh, we'll discuss it next on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 2.48, uh, welcome back. Sports 1440, Jason Gregor, Connor Halley with you. It's game day. Orders taking on the Blues. little early start for Order fans on a Wednesday. Puck drop around 6.45-ish. Uh, maybe, maybe they might even squeeze an early one at 6.42. We'll see. But uh, they're taking on the uh, Blues tonight. Uh, why is it early? Because it's uh, going to be a nationally televised game. So, uh, Order fans, everybody will be watching your team. There's only two games tonight. And uh, our Who Is It Wednesday guest, we talked about it, uh, 14 uh, years professional, played in six different leagues, including the uh, the National Hockey League. Also, uh, what were we talking about in the first segment, Connor Alley? We're talking about flying planes. Landing and flying planes, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, has his commercial pilot's license. So we might even talk about flying planes, right? I'm, I'm guessing he's landed one. If he has his license now, so uh, how, how difficult is it? We'll find out coming up in uh, Who Is It Wednesday after 3 o'clock. But uh, first, let's get to the oil report brought to you by VolvoCarsEdmonton.com. I can tell you one thing. I won't crash a Volvo. They had, they got so many safety features on it now. If you get too close, it's beeping, it's yelling at you, slow down, you idiot. They got all the safety features and great service at VolvoCarsEdmonton.com. As uh, Tyler Uremchuk, uh, our weekly uh, Wednesday guest from uh, Oilers Nation, Daily Faceoff, joins us. Uh, Ty, how you doing? I am doing good, Gregs. I like that it's a little bit of an earlier start tonight, but the fact it's on TNT makes me think we're getting like a 6.55. Yeah, it's probably a 6.52. I think that might be right, actually, 6.52. So that's, well, selfishly, that's good for me. It gives me a little bit more time to get there after the uh, show. But um, I'd still rather start at 6.30, just for the record, for any of those people going to the games. Um I think the Edmonton orders, man, I was crunching all their numbers and yeah, they had it like their, their penalty kill for seven games was mind blowingly bad. But the 33 games before and the three since, it's basically 80, 89.8%. It, it's odd to have a seven game stretch where you can be that bad, where you give up as many goals in seven games as you, as you did in, uh, in the other 36. Just kind of odd. But the last two games, their penalty kill looked like it did for two months. Yeah, it did. There was still a couple of moments where like they just have these weird brain cramps where they go to ice the puck and they like instead of getting any sort of air under it, it feels like a tape to tape pass to the other team. So outside of those, you're right, it has bounced back. And I'd love to sit here and be like, oh, man, every penalty kill goes through tough stretches in the season. But it's unusual, like you said, to see a PK that falls off a cliff the way it did and then just rebounds right back up to a good level. So hopefully they find some level of consistency here, but it's not a cause for concern anymore, I don't think. 
No, no, I, I don't think it is. I, you know, I don't think there'd be any lineup changes. I, honestly, I think the orders, I think they spanked the Blues tonight. I really do. I think, um, you know, St. Louis kind of gave it to them. The orders were way too undisciplined in St. Louis. Uh, eight penalties in that game. Uh, their penalty kill actually only allowed two goals, uh, that game. But I, I look at like Jake Neighbors kind of dominated Edmonton. I think Edmonton feels like, you know what? We can play way better. St. Louis got us when we are not really playing great. And, and obviously the Blues are, are going to be super fatigued, uh, with no airport ties. So I think that's a, a big advantage tonight for the orders yeah the old long bus ride because you can't fly out of winnipeg uh but yeah i mean that's a jets team too that plays hard i don't know if you yes. saw lowry Ooh. shen drop the gloves yesterday that was an <laughs> awesome tilt with those two guys swinging at each other so i think that game last night took a lot out of the blues and one thing i was chatting with our pal mike mckenna a little bit and he's going to be working on the radio side of that blues broadcast tonight and he basically said the way it's been going for st louis this year if you score first, might as well fire up the bus already. He said the Blues have really struggled getting back into hockey games if they don't start well. So I think there's a lot of emphasis on the Oilers for once coming out of the gate strong tonight. Yeah, that's that's been a little bit of a concern. You know, they they they, they didn't come out bad against LA, but they didn't generate much. They didn't give up much, and then uh, they, they 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 really got going. Their penalty kill, I thought, turned the uh, the game around, no question. Um, you know, you look at Edmonton nine days away from the trade deadline. I asked a question today at Orders Nation. Um, what, where priority one for you, if you can only make one trade, what position would you upgrade if you were the GM of the Empton owners? Oh man. It's honestly, it really, it feels like splitting hairs to me between a defenseman to upgrade on CC, a third line center and a really good right shot scoring winger. But I honestly think just with how good Warren Fogle looked with Connor McDavid for that little stretch, he's looked good with Leon Dreisaitl for a stretch. Ryan McLeod's looked good as a winger. I think I'm starting to warm up to the idea of going out and getting a really good third-line center. If it's an Adam Henrique, then it's an Adam Henrique. If you're mm. going after one of the guys with term, like a Scott Lawton, then sure. But I just think going and getting a good defensively responsible third-line center gives Chris Knobloch so much more lineup flexibility. You can move Dylan Holloway around. You can move Ryan McLeod around. And, hey, maybe there's something to be said about the strategy of, you know what, instead of going out and adding a bonafide top-six winger, just – see if Warren Fogle can stay hot. If he's not hot, swap in Ryan McLeod and just kind of play the next man up kind of approach. I think I'm becoming a fan of the third line center idea. That's an interesting one. So then you're, you're going to move McLeod and you're going to have him as a permanent in your, uh, like, do you think Ryan McLeod is a, is a, a legit finishing, like consistent, or is it going to be a rotation of guys up and down Perry McLeod Fogle, who's ever kind of hot for three or four games? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. It's whoever's yeah. hot for a couple of games, which is fine. All yeah, we've seen all three of those guys get hot now for stretches. Yeah. Corey Perry had those couple of games where he looked good. Like the trio of McLeod, Dreisaitl, and Fogel, their fancies look really nice. They were productive for a stretch as well. So I don't know. I just think you can maybe get away with riding the hot hand in a third-line center, someone who, like we talked about before with a doubt, like someone who can take a few hard shifts off the shoulders of McDavid and Dreisaitl. I think that would really help. Also, with if it's a guy like Henrik who's been playing in the top six for the last couple of seasons – Maybe if you were to go get someone like that, you can keep McLeod at center, move Nuge to the wing, and maybe you can get away with running McDavid and Dreisaitl together a little bit more mm. and not having what they have right now, which honestly I look at as a top line and then a bottom 12, not even a top six, bottom six. It's a top three, bottom 12. And yeah, see, I don't, I don't mind the, uh, like to me, if in an ideal world, if I'm playing McDavid and Dreisaitl, then I'm playing Hyman 
with Kane and Nugent Hopkins. And then I, I have no problem with that as a second line. But uh, I get why they're keeping Hyman there. He's on fire, right? Uh, McDavid, all he can do is, uh, well, not all. He does a lot, but I'm joking here. He's, you know, he's getting apples all over the place and Hyman scoring goals every game. So it would be foolish to switch those uh, two up right now. It doesn't make any sense. And probably to even switch them up during the rest of the season, I don't think it makes sense. Ultimately, I think dry settles your second line center. I think that's, that's the best for your team. If the odd game or odd shift, you load them up. No issue for me, but I don't mind the, uh, the idea. I'm just like, is Adam Henrique enough as a second line? Like this, is he have second line production potential? I'm not, that's a good question. I'd have to look into it a little bit more to see if, if I think he still does at this stage, or is he just really like an elite third line center? Yeah. He's also a guy who at this point in his career should be highly motivated at the chance to play playoff hockey again. Like he had one four game playoff series. Uh, it was still, I think like seven, eight years ago, but before that, his last taste of playoff hockey was that run the devils had back in their miracle run when they're like the six or seven seed and went all the way to the cup final. Like this is a guy who has not played playoff hockey in a while. And I think again, he's a rental. You just need a really good three months out of him. That's a gamble I'd be willing to take. I know you've you brought up Sam Carrick before as well, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. The, yeah, like, I know there's some interest there. Like he's, you know, and he's more of like a fourth line center guy. And there's there's nothing wrong with that. I do think Edmonton has to upgrade their their fourth line center position. So, um, you know, I, I think he's like Nick Dowd. I haven't hid the fact that I think Nick Dowd's the best choice, but I also know that Nick Dowd's going to cost you more than Sam Carrick. So if, if you look and say, well, we can get Carrick, and then maybe we can get something else. Then I can understand where they're, where they're going in, in that department, right? Uh, like I'm huge on Nick Dowd. I think, like I would go Nick Dowd and Anthony Mantha, man. Like Anthony Mantha, Zach Hyman is the only orders forward who has more five on five goals than Mantha. Mantha has five more five on five goals than McDavid, five more than Kane, five more than Dry Settle, who are tied for second on Edmonton with 12. I, so I like Anaheim is maybe a one stop shop. What if you were to get Henrik and Carrick and your center depth going into the playoffs? was McDavid, Drysaddle, Henry, Carrick. That sounds good. And then you brought up Washington as a one-stop shop. I go through their roster. I love the idea of Anthony Mantha because I think he can give you, as he's done this year for Washington, really good five-on-five production. And he might only cost you a couple of mid-round picks. Like I don't think he has a ton of value out there. I love the idea of Dowd. I love your boy, Beck Malenstein. But then you go to the blue line. I'm a fan of going out and just saying, hey, Washington, will you keep 50% of Joel Edmondson or can we find a team to do it? And he's your 7-8 D-man for a playoff run because if you're going to go all the way to a cup final, you're going to need 7 or 8 D-man. And I like Edmondson as a vet to slide in there. And the other name Frank brought up the other day, what about Charlie Lindgren? If, if you're the Oilers, I, I'm not huge on the backup goalie thing, but if you're going to do it, a guy who's having a great year, who's got another year under contract at just $1.1 million, like there are a ton of options on Washington. I had to stop myself and be like, okay, like be realistic, Tyler. You're not getting four players from the Washington Capitals, but there legitimately are oh, four five guys on the Capitals that I think would help the Oilers. Beck Malenstein, Nick Dowd, Mantha. You know, you look at Edmondson. Yeah, 100%. Like it, it seems like Edmonton and Washington, there's lots of options for them to make a trade. Uh, I, I think that's the, the safe way to say it. Um, lots of th- things they would look at that, that work. You know, Edmonton does like the one trade I'm 100% certain is they're adding a, a depth defenseman. Like mark it down. They're adding, they've purposely kept Phil Kemp off the roster and ran six so they can accrue cap space so they can add another <laughs> defenseman at the deadline. So that, that's the one move that uh, I'm not saying it's going to be a big sexy name, but they will add a depth defenseman. Like there's no chance they're not going to. They have to. Yeah. 
Hundred percent. I I heard some rumblings about John Merrill out in Minnesota potentially being available. He looked good in that game when the Wild rolled into town last Friday, but he's got a second year at one point two million. So I don't know if that's a great one. And I heard you bring up maybe a guy like Bogosian if Minnesota yeah. decides to sell. I think Bogosian and a retained Edmonton retained Edmondson are really similar guys. You'd have no problem stashing them in the press box for two weeks, and you'd probably feel pretty confident that if they sat for ten to fourteen days. And you tapped him and said, we need you tomorrow night. They're pros. They're going to go out and give you, it might not be a sexy 12 to 15 minutes, but they'll give you that 12 to 15 minutes and play hard. Yeah, they can kill penalties if need be if it's one of those guys that that comes out. So, yeah, both have won a Stanley Cup. So, you know, they know about the the roller coaster emotions of the playoffs. And I think that that's a good thing to have at times. Just, you know, having that quiet experience of having players that can, you know, Connor McDavid talked about Duncan Keith is, you know, sure on the ice, he helped them, but he helped them probably more off of the ice, just in conversations, certain times in series, how he spoke. And you're just like, okay, he would calm down the, the temperature in the room. And I, I think that's something that maybe at times gets overlooked. Yeah, I agree with that as well. It's something that doesn't show up on the charts and everything like that. And over again, like a four round playoff run to get all the way to the cup final. Granted, I've never been in a room and done it myself, but I would imagine the mental wear and tear that goes through something like that. It's intense. And I think having good vets who've just been there, done that a little bit, like an Edmondson would, I think that would really be beneficial. Ty, enjoy the game tonight. Uh, We'll chat with you tomorrow on the rundown. Sounds good, Greg. See ya. There you go. That's uh, Tyler Amtrak from Owners Nation and Daily Faceoff. It is a Wednesday afternoon. We have another rip roaring edition of Who Is It Wednesday uh, coming up next. Uh, our guest, uh, 14 years professional hockey, undrafted by the way, ended up uh, in the National Hockey League. Played in six different uh, pro leagues in uh, three different countries. Another uh, little hint for you. Also, uh, one year decided it'd be fun to have 400 penalty minutes. One of the uh, few uh, hockey players on the planet to have uh, over 400 and actually over 450 pims in uh, in one season. Uh, also has his uh, pilot's license and uh, resides in Edmonton. If you know who it is, send in your text. 833-401-1440. I've actually lot, let a lot of Mike Peluso guesses, which is quite good. I like it. It's just a random name. I like it, but uh, incorrect. Let's get to the uh, con man and a sports 1440 update brought to you by Douglas Mattress. You looking for a uh, better sleep? Well, guess what? You can try it for 365 days. And by then, if you don't like it, let's be honest. You're not going to keep it for that long if you don't like it. But if you don't, you can return it. And they'll donate it to charity, and you'll get your money back. Douglas.ca slash Orders Nation. Get yours today. This is a sports 14. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.